Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode from PS Jimmy and Friends. Hey, I want to take a moment and let you know about our crowd-funded non-profit Collective Church, Inc. We are not your typical church. We have a bunch of cafes and we exist to reach people that may not be ready for the mainstream church, but are on that journey to find Jesus. And I want to take a moment and ask you to prayerfully consider partnering with us financially and contributing maybe weekly, fortnightly or monthly to help us keep reaching people. We eventually want to be self-sustainable, but we understand not everyone goes to a church cafe for their everyday coffee and food. So if you could partner with us financially, head over to our website, collectivechurch.com.au to get all the details and I want to thank you in advance for funding us and helping us to keep going. Lots of love. But for now, let's get into the next episode of PS Jimmy and Friends. Yo, what's up? Well, it's just PS Jimmy, no friends today. Um, I promise I do have friends. Um, If you go back through the podcast, I promise that there is some friends there and we'll get some more friends involved soon. But um, we are doing a series at the moment called Practicing the Way of Jesus. You know, when you become a Christian, you accept Jesus. You say yes to Jesus, as we've so famously coined that term you say yes to Jesus, but what does it mean to say yes to Jesus? It means to say yes to everything that he has spoken about. And it's ultimately, it's saying yes to being with Jesus, to becoming like Jesus and doing what Jesus did. And it's this great, amazing journey of being transformed into, honestly, what humans were designed to be. Um, you know, I think we would all agree something's gone wrong somewhere with this human race. I mean, we just need to turn the news on right now to see that something is amiss. And becoming like Jesus is honestly what will heal the world. And today we're talking about the practice of prayer. Uh, last week we did the practice of progress. Go back and listen to that. If you haven't listened to the first episode, just the introduction to this whole series, please go back and have a listen to that. Um, But today we're going to talk about the practice of prayer. And before we do, I uh, honestly believe that as we practice the things that Jesus spoke about, that's when the power happens. Um, That's when the good things happen. It's when we practice. You know, I used to not know how to surf, and I, I I said this story last week, but as I practiced, I started to love it. You know, without practicing, I actually hated it because I couldn't paddle, I was weak. Although it looked glorious, I couldn't do it. But as I practiced, I started to love it and enjoy it. And and it was everything I wanted it to be. And that's the same with following Jesus. As you practice the ways of Jesus, we start to love it and enjoy it. And the Christian life becomes everything that God promised it would be. Um, This beautiful, restful, peaceful, glorious, blessed, abundant life that Jesus talks about. So this practice is the practice of prayer. Now, prayer is one of those things, isn't it? Like we often just fall asleep as we want to pray or we think we should pray. I think if you are a follower of Jesus, if you've said yes to Jesus at some point in your life, there's something in your spirit that calls you to pray. (laughs) But then every time you go to pray, there's something in your flesh that makes you just want to fall asleep or go on your phone or check out. And so Jesus actually taught us exactly how to pray when we pray. So without me talking anymore, let's read from Jesus. Let's let Jesus instruct us. 
and then we will go from there. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 15, Jesus says this, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows that you uh, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Side note, this is not saying you don't need to ask him. This is just like a FYI. God already knows. Then this is how you should pray. That's what Jesus says. This is how you should pray. Man, I wish I wish I knew this like 20 years ago. I wish that this wasn't just some sort of scripture that I learnt in primary school or, or, or whatever, that this is actually how I should pray. So here it is. This is how we should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we also forgive those who sin against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one and then verse 14 he goes on to say and he he reiterates a part of the prayer he goes for if you forgive other people when they sin against you your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive others their sins your father will not forgive your sins now so many things in this prayer which i've struggled with which, uh, you know, I've grown up in a very um, sort of modern Christian church environment, which is very um, heavy in evangelism and grace-filled, say yes to Jesus. Um, but often the, the teachings of what Jesus said to do, like actually go and obey what I said, they, they weren't taught um, hugely because it sounded a bit like I have to do things to please God. Now, just disclaimer, you don't need to do anything to please God. The grace of God, the forgiveness of sins is purely merited on what Jesus did on the cross. And all we need to do to be right with God is receive his grace and forgiveness. So if you've never done that, um, forget practicing the ways before you even receive Jesus. You have to receive Jesus into your life. You have to open the door of your heart and let him in and let him wash you clean. Let him forgive you. Great. There's nothing we can do to do that. But once you have received grace and forgiveness, you're loved by God, you cannot do anything else to earn it. Now it's about practicing the ways of Jesus in order to become more like him. Now, not to not to get into lovers or to 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 be right with with him. It's to become like him. It's to actually to see the kingdom of heaven come on earth. So please, none of this is about being like right with God. This is about becoming like Jesus. You're made right with God purely through Jesus on the cross and receiving that. And if you've never done that right now, just say, Jesus, I open my life to you. 
I, I accept you as my Savior, the one that died on the cross for my sins and you rose again to give me victory in every area of my life. And I receive that in Jesus' name. But this is how to pray. So let's get into it. This is not um, words which you just repeat verbatim. You don't sit down and just read this prayer. And I know that because Jesus prayed this prayer. We we get a glimpse of it just before we, we um, Jesus went to the cross. Three times he went away and he was like, Father, please take this cup away from me. I don't want to have to die, but Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And he added words to the prayer, but the blueprint of this idea was still there. Jesus often spent a whole night away on a mountain praying or up early praying, countless hours away from people. I can tell you right now that um, he didn't just say word for word verbatim, this whatever 50 word prayer over and over again. No, this is the blueprint. This is kind of like the heart behind how you pray. So let's get into it. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So this already sounds weird and something that we wouldn't normally talk about. So the first idea here that Jesus is teaching is how to think of God. There is so many voices in this world telling you how to think of God. He's Mother Earth. Um, God is nature. God is just everywhere and everything and the energy of, of, of all things. And all of these things like are true. God is in everything and his presence is he is omnipresent he's in the past he's in the future and he's he's there right now and he's also right here um he he is in the breeze and the air and he's in every breath i breathe but how on earth do i relate to a god that is so mystical and so big and jesus understands that our brains they don't work like that we need some sort of clarification. So at the very start of the prayer, Jesus gives us that clarification. When you think of God, yes, he's so big. Yes, he's understandable. But here's a word to help you relate. And that word is Father. It's the word Abba Father. Um, you know, like I, I laugh when I say it because I have like weird sort of, um, sort of connotations with this word. But it's like Daddy. <laughs> you know, like um, I, I don't personally call my dad Daddy, you know, but... But I did when I was a child, right? And my son, he calls me daddy and he's three years old, daddy, daddy, you know, because there is that innocence of a father. And that's the idea here. It's it's not the father. Many of us listening right now, maybe we've got bad relationships with our father and none of us listening have got a perfect father. But when we were three years old and we were innocent, we didn't see any of that. We didn't understand any of that. And Jesus says, this is how you think of God. It's our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. Now, why in heaven? I'll tell you why. Because in heaven, God has a bird's eye view. He sees all things. He sees the past he sees the future and he sees exactly where you are and he can see down the road on your journey. And he loves us like a loving, innocent, pure father and he sees all things. He's a loving father in heaven with the bird's eye view of everything going on in our lives. And it says, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Now this is to separate the word father 
from whatever you think father is. Because, you know, I like I've got a great dad. I've been blessed with a great dad, but he's not perfect. He's got stuff, right? You've been blessed with a dad. Maybe he was good. Maybe he was bad. Maybe you don't even know him. But the truth is, when we say dad, we all have a uh, an idea. But this holy is your name. It's, it's separated. Your father, your daddy, your, I view you innocent, but you're not like my dad. You're like, if I could conjure up the perfect idea of a dad, holy, set apart, that's you. Loving, caring, gracious, always there for me. And it's so important that we start our prayers here. Otherwise, the rest of the prayers have the wrong spirit, wrong heart. We're praying to the wrong idea of who God is. And Jesus is so big on this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, every time I go to work, I live about half an hour from work because of traffic, it takes me about an hour. So every time I go, I turn on Google Maps. And that sounds ridiculous because it's like one road. It's the highway all the way to work just about. So why would I use Google Maps? That, that, that makes no sense. But Google Maps has, has this ability to see down the road of where I'm going. And if there's a crash or something's going on, it can redirect me to a clear pathway. And that's exactly this idea of our Father in heaven. He loves us. He cares about us and he can redirect us to a clear, safe pathway because he loves us. So for me, what's the first part of the prayer sound like? A bit like this. God, you're so good. You are my father and you love me and you care about me and you're holy. You're not like anyone else or anything else. You're perfect. You're perfect and you love me and you care. That's kind of like the heart posture. Sometimes when I'm praying, I might like hang on that for like five minutes or 10 minutes. Sometimes I've spent like half an hour just hanging on that idea, just meditating on this idea of loving Father God that just loves me and sees all things and is holy and he's wonderful and he's glorious and he cares about me. Sometimes, it's like 30 seconds. God, you love me. You're my father. I trust you. You're holy. And I just move on. It's just about getting us set up in the right place when we pray. The next thing he says, he says, your kingdom comes. So straight into it. It's loving father, sees all things, your kingdom come. Now, what's that even mean? We don't even use that word kingdom in um, Australia, because in Australia, we're not a kingdom. In Australia, we are a democracy. And if you're an Australian, you don't even really understand how kingdoms work. You see, in Australia, we're a democracy. What does that mean? It means that we are governed and led by a group of people that actually do what the public wants. So we vote, you know, yes or no on a matter. And the public votes, you know, no the no vote just went through because that's obviously what the public wanted. So the government adheres to what the public in a mass wants. Not every individual gets their way, but what does the group um, mass want? And that is what the government tries to provide us with. That is a democracy. 
But that is not how it works with God. It's not like a group of people deciding who God should be and what God should do. No, Jesus right here is not saying, God, may your democracy come. <laughs> He's he, The prayer right here is your kingdom come. Now, let me talk about a kingdom for a second. Dubai is a kingdom. It's ruled by a king. Now, when you go to Dubai, it's very different to Australia. Lots of reasons. But in Dubai, it's just one thing. The police cars are Ferraris. <laughs> that is so cool. Now, why are the police cars are Ferraris? Because the king of Dubai likes Ferraris, and so he wants them to be like that. If the king of Dubai wants people to pay this much taxes, that's what they do. If the king of Dubai doesn't want people to pay taxes, that's what they do. They don't have a say. You either bow to the will of the king or you do not live in Dubai. That is how a kingdom works. And that's what Jesus is saying. The first part of your prayer, it's let's line it all up here. Lord, may you be the king of the world and may everybody have your rule and your reign in their hearts individually. So that's the whole purpose of this whole thing is that everyone will bow their will to God's will, that he would be the king of everyone and everything. Now, why would we pray that? Well, because he's a loving father, because he cares. He know he wants what's best for every single person. And he sees down the road of what's happening in this world and where it's all going. And he has the perfect plan. And so that's the thing. So, Lord, what's it look like for me? Lord, I just pray that your kingdom would come, that your, Lord, that in my heart, I just pray that you reign. Lord, I give you the, the driver's seat of my life. I give it to you. I give it to you, God. And once again, that could be long, that could be short. Depends how you want to pray, but it's your kingdom come. It's not my kingdom come. It's not my ideas. I'm not straight into praying, Lord, I want my organization to grow and be bigger and all this. Because that's my kingdom. That's my ideas, right? It's not about, God, I want my... That's not where I start. I don't start on my ideas. I start on his ideas. And it lines me up. It like... Uh, what's what's the word? It's like uh, it adjusts my steering to go exactly where I should go. To be happy, that is. See, if his kingdom comes, I'm happiest I will ever be. If his kingdom come, we wouldn't have these wars breaking out around the world. We wouldn't have death and murder and violence and thievery and oh, all the family dysfunction. We wouldn't have any of that if his kingdom was here. The next thing, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So this is similar to kingdom. But this is now more practical. See, the, the, the kingdom is the rule and reign of God. We want you to be the king that everyone adheres to and bows to. But this is now practical. Your will be done. So this is like, God, I pray that your plan for my life and your purpose for my life, I pray that that's what happens. Lord, I bow my, my ideas and my plans to whatever you want. Now, God, I have plans. I'm going after stuff. I do want our organization to grow. I do want this podcast to reach millions of people. But God, it's not my will. 
It's your will. You know, if, if it, God, if you want this podcast to reach one person, I'm, I'm down with that. Lord, if I've done all this hard work and if you want it to reach no one, I'm down with that. God, your will be done. And this is when we, this is when we bring all of our plans and wills into the prayer. So like, what is my will? Uh, my will is that I'm financially, you know, free. I'm happy. I don't need to worry about money. That's my will. But God, your will be done. And this is the moment in the prayer where we bring it all in and we, we, we bow to his will. That doesn't mean that your will won't happen because maybe God's will for your life is exactly what you've planned and purposed for your own life. But maybe it's not. But it's a moment of lining that up. Your plans and your purposes. Now, my son Valley, he is nearly three. December the 14th, he turns three. It's in a couple of weeks. Now he, oh my goodness, his life would be so much easier if he would bow to my will. <laughs> so he's eating dinner. Now look, I have all the chocolate in the fridge. I've got it all. And um, I want to give it to him. I don't want to give him too much because that'd be bad for him, but just the right amount, I want to give it to him. And I'm like, Valley, if you eat your dinner, like the other night, we had chicken noodles. Me and Larissa cooked it together. It's delicious, beautiful. Valley always eats noodles. He loves chicken noodles, right? But for some reason, he did not want to eat them. And I'm like, Valley, if you eat the noodles, you'll get the chocolate. <laughs> and he's like, no. I want the chocolate now. He didn't say it like that, but pretty much like that, screaming, no, just chocolate. I'm like, no, you need dinner. Now, why am I saying this to him? Because I know the boy's body needs some sustenance, needs health, needs nutrients, needs the carrots and the capsicum and the onion. And it needs all the good stuff. Now, his life sucks. It seems like it sucks because he's... He won't bow his will to my will. But if he did, if he did just bow his will to my will and do what I asked, then he would get the chocolate. He would get the chocolate. That's what Jesus says. He goes, when you pray in secret, I will reward you. I'm telling you, this prayer is powerful. God will actually reward you for praying. Now, if you don't pray, obviously you don't get those rewards. And this is not a grace thing. This is not like, a, oh, you haven't pleased God, so you don't get it. No, this is just a life thing, right? Like if I eat Big Macs every day, even though I know I shouldn't, I'm not going to be healthy. Now, that's not a God thing. That's just a life thing. That's the way this thing is set up, right? Now, God could have made my body to process Big Macs and be healthy and create a six-pack, but he didn't. And that's the same with prayer. He could have made it that we get all the blessings in life without praying, but he didn't make it like that. And we don't get to make those decisions or choose because gravity is just here, right? We don't choose it. It just is. This is one of those things. So that is just how prayer is. So your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Take as long or as short as you need to on that part of the prayer. The next part. Now it's getting on to us, right? So it's all about God, and now it's about us. Give us today our daily bread. Now this is just straight asking God for what you need. Like just straight up, like not even beating around the bush. Like, God, I need this. Give me what I need. I love it. See, it's give us today our daily bread. It's pure, honest asking. 
like right now I um, am looking for um, a job to subsidize my wage and I'm just like, God, I need a job. God, you need to provide a job and I need money. And I'm like, God, I need some money to pay my mortgage. I need it, God. I just, I pray for it and I need it. Sometimes it's quick. The other day I was in the car and I'm praying and I reckon for 15 minutes I'm just like desperately crying out, God, I need some money. I need something to come through. And for our organization, we I'm not praying. I'm like, God, we need some people to start giving. God, I am begging. I'm crying out that some people would start contributing. And I'm just crying out, desperately asking God. And this is the thing, right? In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7, it's so powerful when you ask God for what you need. Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything. Tell you what, I'm anxious about money right now, about paying the bills for both me personally and also our organization. But do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer, this is what we're talking about, and petition, now that's repeated prayer. <laughs> this is you like being desperate about it. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. So like, God, I need, I, I need this. And I, I just, I need this. And when you do that, verse seven, this is a beautiful thing. And when you present your request to God, verse seven, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You see, when you clearly present your request to God, you get peace. Why? Because now the need goes from your mind to heaven. It's like you give the need to heaven and you trust God. It is so powerful. The other day when I was praying and it's just, yeah, look, the money didn't just drop into my bank account that day, but the peace dropped into my account. The rest dropped into my account. I don't need to strive or struggle or stress even if the situation gets darker, like Psalm 23, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For my Lord, my God, He is with me. And that's what it's like when you clearly articulate your needs to God. But it's so important we don't start here. We've got to start by putting God first and our understanding of Him because that's how we can rest by giving it to Him because we know He's a good Father. Anyway, um, the other day I went abseiling. Well, when I say the other day, I mean when I was 12 years old. <laughs> and you know, when you stand up the top of that mountain, you, you're full of anxiety. You're so stressed. You think you're going to die. But the moment you trust, you trust the rope, you trust the harness and you lean back into it. It's, it's so, oh my gosh, it's so scary, anxious, anxious, anxious. But the moment you get over that falling point and you start to hang, it's like peace. And you can just enjoy the view. That's the same with prayer and giving your request to God. It's hard. It's anxious. You're scared. But the moment you lean in to that harness, you trust God, it's peace. The next thing that God talks about in the prayer is, and forgive us our sins as we also forgive those who sin against us. Now, this is this is like a double whammy right here. Now, I'm going to talk about forgiveness at the end of this prayer because Jesus, out of all the things he could have reiterated from the prayer, he reiterates this part about forgiveness. So I'll come back to this 
in a second. Um, and then the, the last part is lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, I always struggled. I remember reading this part and just being like, what? It's just, it just felt like it, 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 it fought me so hard for some reason, this part of the prayer. And it wasn't until I got older that I started to realize the power of this. You see, the enemy, he, he can only put stuff around me. He can't get in me. You see, I'm full of Jesus. He can't get in me, right? But he can put stuff around me. His job is to tempt. That's what he does. That's what the snake did in the garden. Um, he tempted. Hey, the fruit's so good. Come eat it. Come eat it. He couldn't make anyone eat it. He couldn't jam the fruit down their throat, but he could tempt. That is the enemy's plan to destroy your life is through temptation. It's temptation. Now, we live in a digital age. My goodness, I carry temptation around in my back pocket. I am tempted to be distracted by social media, tempted to fill my mind with all sorts of things. Like, gee, the, the access, I don't need to go there. We all know what I'm talking about. The access to everything on a phone is unbelievable. And now more than ever, do we need to be praying, God, keep me away from temptation. See, the thing is, it's not sin I have to deal with. It's temptation. See, sin has been dealt with. Hello, the prayer. Forgive me my sins, right? Um, grace, the cross of Jesus Christ, saying yes to Jesus. Your sin has been dealt with, right? Your guilt and shame has been dealt with, but temptation, that's going to keep coming at you every single day. So, I'm addicted to chocolate. Well, not addicted, but man, I love it. My favorite is Black Forest. Been eating that since my 30th birthday. I'm about to turn 40. Can you believe that? 10 years, I reckon I've had Black Forest in my fridge maybe every single week since then. I have single-handedly kept Cadbury's alive. <laughs> um, now, chocolate, here's the thing. If it's in my fridge, guess what? I eat it. I love it. I eat the whole thing. <laughs> now, if it's not in my fridge, guess what? I don't eat it. It's not there. And that's as simple as it is with your life. If bad things are not there to tempt you, you won't do bad things. If bad things are there to tempt you, you just might fall into temptation. And this is, this is the thing, God, lead me away from temptation. Now, when you pray this, I'm telling you, God's going to say, get rid of this, get rid of that. He's just straight away going to say, do these things. And then your part, your practice is to obey what Jesus says, to get rid of. If you can get rid of temptation from your life, you would be amazed at the turnaround that will make. Now, last part. Back to forgiveness. The prayer is forgive us our sins as we also forgive those who sin against us. But then at the end, Jesus, when he's finished teaching us how to pray, he reiterates one part. He says in verse 14, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. Now this is 
This is what Jesus said. Now, where does it all line up? Where does it line up with the grace and the cross of Jesus Christ? I don't know. But I'll tell you one thing right now. I'm just going to take this for what it is. God, I'm going to start forgiving people because I do want you to forgive me. I'm not going to wrestle with this or argue with this. I'm just going to accept it. And the truth is, we know that forgiving others is so much better for our own mental health anyway. So it's so important when it comes to forgiveness to number one, receive forgiveness fresh again. Receive forgiveness fresh again. Every time I'm praying, God, I receive your forgiveness. I bring to mind all of my failings and my faults. And then I just let God forgive me. I don't hold on to them. I don't moan and groan, oh, Jesus, please. No, I just, God, I receive your forgiveness. I don't want to be like that. Thank you that you have forgiven me. And Lord, I forgive. And then I'll tell you, the moment you say, I forgive Names are going to come to your mind. Moments. Things. And you just got to forgive them. You've got to keep an empty plate when it comes to forgiveness. Both for yourself. Now the truth is you can't forgive yourself. That's That makes no sense. But you can receive God's forgiveness for your sins. That's way better than forgiving yourself. That's the God of creation forgiving you. And then you can forgive others now i've got a motorbike it's fast it's fun (laughs) but it needs something it's fast it's fun it's powerful but it needs fuel so my boat my motorbike in and of itself is actually powerless it might have an 1150 engine in it. it might be grunty and beautiful and i might love riding it but in and of itself it's got no power it's only when I take it to the fuel station and it receives what it cannot get for itself. It receives fuel from the fuel station. That's when you can start it up and it can roar and I can get all the benefits of the motorbike. And that is exactly the same with forgiveness. We cannot forgive ourselves. We have to go to God to truly be forgiven to truly receive that forgiveness. And when we're full of power, when we're full of forgiveness ourselves, that's when we have the ability and the strength to forgive others. And that's why it's important that you receive forgiveness before you give it. Because it's very hard for a cup with no water in it to pour water out. You have to receive forgiveness and then give forgiveness. Now, finishing up with this thought, and then we're going to finish. But I just built a new house. No, well, I just renovated a new house. Now, we have a a fence around our whole house. It's every wall of our house, every part of our yard is covered by a fence. When I lock that fence, when I lock that gate, it does two things. It stops anyone from getting in and it stops anyone from getting out. I'm locked. Right now, I am locked in my house. 
Now, I might want to experience the world out there, but I've got to unlock that gate if I want to go out there. Now, I might want to let people in, but I've got to unlock that gate if I want to let people in. See, offense, or if I can say offense, <laughs> if you're offended, if you have offense in your life, if you have offense in your life, you will stop everyone and everything from getting in. So you might make yourself feel like you're protected. You know, you're hurt. So I'm going to stop people from getting in. But guess what? It's going to stop you from getting out. It stops you from actually living your life, being free and light and full of fun. Unforgiveness. Whoo, I don't even get me started on what it will do to your health, what it will do to your life, what it will do to your spirit and to your soul. I don't even need, I want to get into that. I want to get onto the good stuff. If you forgive others, your heavenly father will also forgive you. Now, if you don't forgive, guess what? If you don't forgive, you're not going to receive forgiveness. It's just, let's not even talk about that. That life sucks. Let's talk about forgiving others. I want to encourage you, take the key and unlock that gate. Stop being stuck up in unforgiveness, but forgive that person. Now, name the name. When you're praying, God, I forgive, name the name. For what they did, name what they did, I forgive them. Go one step further, even start to pray for them. Lord, I pray for that person. I tell you what, it does something in your spirit so powerful when you start to pray for someone. That is forgiveness. So let's finish up. Don't aimlessly pray. Don't just randomly start going on about Babylon stuff. Like, don't aimlessly pray. God actually taught us, He gave us a blueprint to pray. So if 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 you get stuck on that blueprint, if, if, if you forget what it is, just open it up. Matthew chapter 6. Is it Matthew chapter 6? Yes, it is Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 15. Read it. Go through it. The more you do it, you'll get used to it. And practice. Just, practice, just put this in. Just give it a crack. Give it a go and see if it doesn't start to do something powerful in your life. Now, out of all the practices we're going to talk about, this is the practice that connects you straight to heaven. I mean, this is actually talking to God and with God, and it does something powerful in your life. So, hey, um, head over to uh, PS Jimmy and Friends Facebook page. Um, comment about, like, on the post that we put up. Let us know about how your practices are going. Um, I'm also starting a faith friendship circle for men. Now, if you're a, a, a man and you live anywhere between Brisbane and the Gold Coast, jump on a PS Jimmy and Friends. Um, we're going to start a group together and we're just going to practice the ways of Jesus together. We're going to be there for one another, um, it, predominantly an online community, but then we're going to, we're, we're going to meet up. We're going to get together. I just think it's so good for men to get together. And the truth is maybe you can't find men in your local church or Maybe you're struggling or maybe you don't have enough of a community. Well, we want to create that community where we can practice together. So head over to PS Jimmy and friends or just reach out to me, PS Jimmy on Instagram personally. We're going to start that group um, and do this together. But let's follow the way of prayer. Let's, let's practice the way of prayer that Jesus showed us and let's become like Jesus. Lots of love and peace, Jimmy. Amen. Let me pray. Lord, Father in heaven, you're so good. You are 
our dad, you love us. You care about us so much. And you're holy. You're not like any other person or thing that we know. You're perfect. You're wonderful. And you know everything. You see everything. A Father in heaven, you're so holy and wonderful. Lord, I pray that your kingdom would come, that your reign would be in my heart and on this earth. Lord, we want this earth to be yours the way that you designed it and want it. And that's our prayer, that this would be your kingdom. This whole world, everyone on this earth would bow to you. Lord, I pray that your will would be done, that your ideas, your plans, your purposes for my life, for the lives of everyone listening, I just pray that your will would be done, Lord. And on earth, as it is in heaven, Lord, you've got ideas. You've been crafting wonderful thoughts, and I just open my life to that. All my ideas, Lord, if you want them to happen, make them happen. If you don't want them to happen, shut them down, Lord. But I pray that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us what we need. Lord, right now, everyone listening, you know exactly what we need, God. You know what we're going through. You know the needs of our hearts and the needs of our life. So give us what we need. Lord, you know my own personal stuff. Lord, you give, I give it to you. Give us what we need. Lord, forgive me. Thank you that you forgive me. I've done the wrong things. I've messed up, I've fallen short, um, I've done the wrong things in, in just little stuff, I've done the wrong things in big things, and God, thank you for your forgiveness, I receive it again. And for anyone listening to this, Lord, forgive them. Thank you that you do forgive them, you do forgive them. And right now, God, I forgive everyone that has done the wrong thing to me. I don't want to hold any grudges or be annoyed at anyone but lord i forgive every single person in my life that has wronged me and for all the people listening right now take a moment just forgive say the name say the situation god we forgive yes lord and keep us away from anything that's going to tempt us or pull us down lord lead me away from it lord if it's in my life may it break may it disappear may i lose it if it's friends, may they move away. Like, what, whatever. Lord, keep me away from temptation. Lord, if there's anything in my life you want me to get rid of that's just tempting me all the time, talk to me. I'll do it. And Lord, deliver us from anything that's evil. Lord, I don't want to be stuck in the, on the merry-go-round of just corruption and life that sucks but deliver me from that lord give me a fresh clean start today In jesus name amen <laughs>